if if I was Tiger, I would be very thankful to a future eighth place finisher at the Viagra Seniors PGA Open <laughs> for making the call. <laughs> I believe, but don't, you know, don't quote me on this. I do believe that the start of the 74th NBA season, I know when it starts, it starts on Tuesday night, October 22nd. I believe it's the 74th season of NBA basketball. Uh, They begin on a special Tuesday opener with the Clippers and the Lakers for the Battle of LA. I saw recently in a magazine that had a finals a uh, matchup between the Milwaukee Bucks of the Eastern Conference and the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference. Those two open up their seasons on TNT on Thursday, Milwaukee visiting the Lone Star State. Uh, a lot of people are thinking the Battle of L.A. winner, Clippers or Lakers representing the West against the Bucks in the East. I've also heard, obviously, things like potentially the Denver Nuggets in the West. I have not heard until recently, as I just mentioned, the Houston Rockets. I just don't know how is Russell Westbrook going to survive as the number two guy anywhere with his huge ego. How is he? And I know James Harden is a former teammate of his in Oklahoma City. But Russell Westbrook has been number one, number two, and number number three option for the last number of years in Oklahoma City. And he is, at best, the second option in Houston. No one will supersede James Harden in Houston. So I'm, I don't know about that one. In the East, it pretty much seems to be the Milwaukee Bucks' game or champion, East, at least Eastern Conference championship to win, win or lose. It's them. Some people believe it's Philly. Um, they would be, I feel, the only real competitor uh, Boston feels that they have, but I, I just don't know if there's enough in Boston. They lost an awful lot the last couple of years, but we'll have to see. The um, If you ask Pat Riley, he probably still thinks because they got Jimmy Butler that the Miami Heat have a chance, but I can tell you that they don't. As we welcome the executive producer into the program, and I know you don't religiously watch and, and stay on top of things in the NBA as closely as I do, but you know the big teams, and you know the the ones that make the most noise. I've also heard from one magazine before I hand the the microphone over to Chris. I heard one magazine that see that believes that the Golden State Warriors will end up ninth in the Western Conference, what? and that would mean that they would not make the playoffs. Oh, come on. Well, I mean, again, they lost Durant. Uh, Clay Thompson is out, probably if not. He's thinking at the very earliest after the All-Star break to come back from his ACL tear. That'd be in the middle of February. Um, I don't know about that. We'll have to see. I've had an ACL tear, but I think Clay, I think Clay Thompson has access to better doctors than I do for damn sure. But uh, you've heard all the big players, um, and I do want to talk, and we will, but about the status, if you will, of our considered local team here in Canada, the Toronto Raptors, the defending NBA chance, champs who don't have a chance to uh, win it again this year, in my opinion. They'll be competitive, but they aren't good enough to win a championship this year. Of course, they're Sands, Kawhi Leonard. But 
Chris knows all the players. I've said this three times, so I'm going to shut up. But if you were a betting man in regard to the NBA, who do you think would be the finals competitors? Well, I mean, you have to like any team with the MVP. So going to take the Bucks there. It's tough when new teams are put together because you never know the chemistry, even though Kawhi Leonard and Paul George want to play together, apparently. You never know. Now, I am looking forward to seeing if Kawhi Leonard can win a championship with a third team. That would, re- I mean, at this point, you already have to consider the guy amazing. And and now, yeah, wow. Uh, I'm not sold on the Lakers. I, I just, I hate the stupid unibrow. I just, I, I just, I can't stand that. Like, it's just disgusting. Um, might as well change his name to Brow and say his exactly. mother nicknamed him that when he was two. Oh, yeah. That's still better than Booger. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but boy, I and I feel bad for the Raptors. So the Raptors today signed Siakam to a four-year max extension. Good. And that's what needs to happen. That's the natural thing of succession, if you will, in Toronto. Yeah. Because he was their second best player on a, in a world championship winning team last year. Yeah, I mean, they've got, they've got a lot of hope for the future, like Van Vliet and Siakam and whatever else. But no, I mean, yeah, it's, there's going to be some surprises. I don't think that the Golden State Warriors are going to miss the playoffs, but I could see if there's one or two teams like that, like a Houston or just some team that everyone just has massive expectations for and just has no chemistry at all, whether it's because of the Westbrook thing you talked about or whatever, like yeah. there's just too many cooks in the kitchen. But I would have to say, uh, you know, that the, in the in the West, I'd have to think that... Uh, boy, the Clippers are going to be a big player there for sure. Well, I think the Clippers are going to be a huge player. Um, I don't think people are paying enough attention to uh, the Denver Nuggets. They have a sneaky, very good basketball team in Denver. I think the, the, the pressure in L.A. under LeBron is going to be immense this year. Um, but you also have to remember that LeBron is going to be 35 or 36 years old, and he missed a good portion of last year with a groin problem. And then, you know, there were some other things. And, you know, LeBron has played a lot of minutes in his NBA career. And remember, LeBron left that Akron, Ohio high school. Can't remember the name of it. St. Mary's, I believe, back in Akron. St. something in Akron when he left in 2003. And he's played, you know, and last year was the first time he was really out an extended period. And, even as immensely talented and as immensely well-conditioned as he is, those minutes have to be starting to take a toll. And there isn't enough depth in Los Angeles, in my opinion. I'm a Laker fan, but beyond the big two, is there enough? Is there anything there that scares you? You know, Dwight Howard, JaVal McGee, Danny Green? Not really. I honestly don't think LeBron's going to win another title. Well, I think they need another piece or two. Well, I don't think they're winning L.A. right now. I think the Clippers yeah. are better than I think the Clippers oh, are sure. better than the Lakers for sure. They are, and, and that hurts. And I think that LeBron, between being worn down and getting older, and maybe not even caring as much, and he's got all this other stuff on the go because he's a big executive producer and whatever else he's doing now, and he's living in Hollywood and all that, and he's whatever else he's doing. Uh, he's one of the worst defensive players in the NBA right now, and I just you're going to have to have guys that really. Uh, counteract that and really support him in that and I don't know how much longer he's going to be the physical presence maybe he has a while left on that but with no defense I mean why is Kawhi Leonard so good because he's so good defensively he's well-rounded of course but I mean he's got that strong defensive component and that's why he is 
maybe the most desirable player to have on your team right now. Nope. Even more than LeBron. I think that people want Kawhi Leonard right now more than anyone other than maybe Giannis. And so that's who I'm looking for. I'm looking for who has Giannis, who has Kawhi. Those are the ones I'm really looking for. And if those guys are supported as they're insisting that they be supported and surrounded with great talent as much as possible, um, then I mean, that's who I'm going to go with. And I don't think that we're going to see any massive change this year. I don't think we're going to see some surprise team win the NBA. And I don't think we're going to see the Golden State Warriors miss the playoffs. But, uh, but I mean, they could take a step back because of their injuries, right? But uh, even if they do, they'll be right back to where they used to be next year, I think. So, hey, because, hey, after all, Steph Curry can actually see the ball now. So imagine how good he's going to be. And he, he, might, he might step up so much extra now because of the injuries. Maybe they'll be just as good or even better. Who knows? I think one of the most impressive streaks in all of sports, as we welcome you again to this 410th episode of Unscripted, Mike and Chris with you doing a little bit of a unofficial and unrehearsed NBA preview as the 74th NBA season, and I'm guessing on 74. Um, but the 74th NBA season starts on Tuesday. One of the most remarkable streaks in sports to me was the 25-year uh, consecutive postseason appearances by the Detroit Red Wings. That's unbelievable in team sports. And right up there with that would be the 20, what is it, 21 or 22 years that the San Antonio Spurs have made it, and including in that period until last year, they had won 19, had gone 19 straight years of winning 50-plus 50 50 or more games during a regular season. And the streak last year, I believe off the top of my head, got to 22. Last year, making the playoffs as the seventh seed in the West got them the got them into the playoffs for the 22nd consecutive year. I have two kind of knee-jerk predictions for the West. In the East, it's Milwaukee, one, Philadelphia, two. I, I think it's that easy to tell in the East. And if you want to call me a homer, please spell it correctly, M-I-K-E. Um... But in the West, I think there's about nine teams that realistically can can uh, uh, be considered a playoff contender, and only eight teams. I excuse me, make that ten teams, and only eight can be ultimately playoff teams in both conferences. I have the San Antonio Spurs this year. I believe that the the magic is finally over. I don't think DeRozan is a difference maker. I think. Uh, LaMarcus Eldridge is another year older with not a lot of help in San Antonio when they lost Kawhi Leonard. And, and I believe Toronto is going to feel a little of this this year as well. You lose uh, Kawhi Leonard, you really lose a lot from your offense. You lose your number one option on offense and you leave and you lose your number one defensive player. He's always checking the other guys, the other team's best guy. And they're going to, they're San Antonio had a, had a, a minimal fall from that last year. They only got to 47 wins, which is still very good, but they only got to 47 wins. And this year, I think the, the West is just that much deeper. Um, I also believe in the West that the New Orleans Pelicans are going to prove the Lakers really screwed up by giving all them players and all them picks for Antonio or Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a difference maker, there's no question. But the guys that New Orleans got back, the guys that L.A. has given up on, out of the spotlight of L.A., getting to play in a relatively unknown in regard to on a national circuit of things, do people know the New Orleans Pelicans even exist? 
I think Lonzo Ball with Zion Williamson and a lot of other talent they've acquired. J.J. Redick is there as, as veteran leadership. I think the New Orleans Pelicans, they're not going to win the freaking championship, but I believe that they're going to make the playoffs. I really do. I think that Elvin Dentry is a very good coach. David Griffin, the guy who was the architect of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And all, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Before we make him God, the creator of heaven and earth, he was lucky enough to have LeBron James on the roster. So that certainly makes you look like more of a rocket scientist as a general manager. Um, but he has done an unbelievable job resurrecting this team. This team didn't have a general manager, and they had a crappy reputation throughout the league. And you bring this guy in, and he has changed things around 180 degrees in New Orleans to the point that I believe that the New Orleans Pelicans, without Anthony Davis, are going to make the playoffs, while I also believe that after 22 years of making the playoffs this year, the San Antonio Spurs will be sitting at home at the end of April. Wow, that's those are interesting predictions. I definitely agree with the Pelicans because that is definitely the most interesting story to follow in the NBA this year. To see a team trade away their best player in exchange for an entire new team and then get the first overall draft pick who's one of those, not just some random first overall pick, but one of those super marketable, exciting ones. There's a lot to be excited about there. And I think that there's still a lot of uh, attention to go around by the New Orleans fans who are amazing fans in the NFL and they don't have all four sports to you know split all their stuff with they don't have baseball or hockey so they only have the two so I think there's a lot of love that can be given there and I think that New Orleans sports fans have a lot to be excited about you're getting Drew Brees back soon and you could easily win the Super Bowl this year and then you've got all this excitement with the Pelicans and so I think that's one of the best places to be uh, a sports fan this year and get bang for your buck so uh, I, I love the D, I, I love the uh, New Orleans fans, and I, I hope it does happen. I hope they do make the playoffs, and I know that I do have reservations about Zion, like you do. But at the very least, for the first few years of his career, I could see him being pretty good. We'll see, especially if he's surrounded with all new talent and uh, great trades made by the uh, front office there. And when you combine it with the good fortune of winning the first overall pick. Yeah, there it, it's you know big things are coming there, and I'm really excited to see. And wouldn't that be funny if they beat the Lakers in the standings? Um, one year ago, <clears throat> just at the start of the season. Well, obviously it was last July. It would have been July of 18. But as we start on Tuesday, the next NBA season, one of the biggest and most talked about moves, obviously in the offseason of 18 in the NBA, was the trade of Kawhi Leonard from the San Antonio Spurs to the Toronto Raptors for DeMar DeRozan and a couple other guys, and I don't know, but ended up being Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green for DeMar DeRozan, the guy from Utah, can't ever say his name, a couple other assets, but obviously the big thing here was Kawhi Leonard coming to the north, uh, DeMar DeRozan going to San Antonio and ultimately Kawhi Leonard leaving or leading the Toronto Raptors to their first ever NBA championship in 20 in the 2018-2019 NBA season and congratulations to the Raptors congratulations to Masai Ujiri but I want to ask Chris as we sit here now a year later and as all Raptors fans were worried about as, but as expected, they couldn't believe. I don't care what anybody says. 
he said in meeting Kawhi Leonard, he says all the politically correct things, takes a meeting with the Raptors, but come on, guys. Kawhi Leonard sat in a meeting with the Lakers and made sure that only Magic Johnson and Jeannie Buss were there. He sits in a meeting with the Clippers, and it's Steve Ballmer who was just named the most richest athlete, excuse me, the richest owner in the NBA, which is <laughs> quite a good thing. You've got a meeting with Ballmer, Rivers, Lawrence Frank, who is their de facto general manager, even though it's really Doc Rivers, and says, I want this. You bring, you bring me another marquee superstar, and I'll sign with you right here. Well, that's what had happened. And that's why you saw draft picks and personnel go from Los Angeles to Oklahoma City. The players are running this league. There's no question about it. That's what I'm saying. Um, but I just want your feelings because you and I were quite hard, and especially me, we're quite unhappy with the way that DeMar DeRozan was, tr uh, was treated by the Toronto Raptors organization. He had been here for nine years. Most of the other high-ticket items that had played north of the border for Toronto in the NBA, Vince Carter left. He didn't leave well. You go back to Damon Stoudemire. He didn't leave well. Tracy McGrady couldn't get out of Toronto fast enough. He signed an undervalued contract down in Orlando just to get the hell out of Toronto. There's a lot of reasons for that, folks. Toronto didn't have a team like they did previously to last year. You're paying an unbelievable amount of tax to play basketball in Canada because to live in Canada, we get hit with an unbelievable amount of tax compared to what they get to hit with in the United States. I can tell. I pay. I can tell you. I pay on tax on both sides of the border. Um, but I want to know your feeling, and then I'll share mine with you as well. But I want to know how you feel about Masai Ujiri, who did what he promised that he would do, and that is, this is a way we weren't going to. And I'm talking about. I'm. I'm putting myself in the position of being Masai Ujiri. He's telling the Toronto media and anybody that'll listen to him when he when he made this announcement that he had made this trade giving up the one asset that actually seemingly wanted to be a Toronto Raptor. Um, he said, we weren't going to win a championship if we stayed status quo. We were a backcourt-driven team in regard to Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. With you bring in Kawhi Leonard, yeah, we're rolling the dice. It's a one-year roll at the dice to win a championship. And damned if it didn't happen that the Toronto Raptors go ahead and win a championship. Now, if, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but I think there's a little bit more of a, a harder road to get there for Toronto if uh, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant play the whole season again, uh, excuse me, the whole series in the finals against Toronto. But I'm not nitpicking here. Congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. But I've been going long-winded about this. But how do you feel about Masai Ujiri now that he did what he said he was going to do, and he delivered the Toronto Raptors and the country of Canada their first NBA championship. Well, it was a championship or bust for sure, and we were very hard on him. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm just doubling down. I'm not giving any credit because they didn't win the title. But it was a reckless move for sure, and it did sacrifice some of the future. And as predicted, we did say that Kawhi Leonard was only going to stay there for the year and then leave, and he right. did. Mm -hmm. That's true. And the only way it would be worth it is if they got their uh, not only a championship, but their first championship. And I think they do have some good stuff to build on in the future with Siakam and Van Vliet and whatever else. Yep. But it was it was a reckless thing, and I don't really think we should give it any sort of 
mastermind credit. I think it was a desperate Hail Mary and it was done to save his job. And I think he put his job ahead of the interests of the franchise. And the only way it would pay off is if everything fell together and they won the whole thing. And they did. And and also there were still medical questions when the deal was made about Kawhi Leonard making it extra risky. We didn't even know if he'd want to play in Toronto, if he'd be willing to, if he'd be able to. There were just so many variables. The fact that everything came up uh, the right way for Masai Ujiri was extremely fortunate. Uh, I do worry, though, and it again, it's all secondary now, because if uh, you had even said, and I said that if he wins a title, then it's worth it. But I think what we might see is maybe three years from now, he's looking like a John Elway, where he brought in the big star, they won the championship, and then they think he's better than he is because he got extremely lucky the first time, and now he's going to keep trying to do it. What happens now? We've seen what Elway does every time he tries to bring in a Case Keenum or Joe Flacco, and they think they're uh, Peyton Manning is going to win the Super Bowl. Well, now, what if he keeps doing that? What if he trades a Pascal Siakam or Fred Van Vliet for... Zion Williamson or someone like that who ends up being a bust and just sets the franchise back 10 years, right? And he gets that extra leeway because of how this one came up when it was very, very fortunate to do that. So I'm worried that a few years down the road, we could have a good thing going and he could just piss it all away on some hot shot maneuver to try and win one a one-off championship. And if that happens again, the odds of him getting it to go all his way again are very low. So I want to give him credit. His gamble paid off. I appreciate a good gamble when it pays off. I think Masai Ujiri is basically like that guy who put his life savings on the on Tiger Woods to win the Masters. Right. And it paid off. So he gets a million bucks, which is great. But uh, he's lucky he did that because if he had done any tournament before or since, he wouldn't have made anything betting on Tiger. So you know what? Um Enjoy your laurels. Congratulations, both the guy who bet on Tiger and uh, Masai Ujiri. But uh, I wouldn't expect it to happen again for either of you. Um, real quick, I just think um, if the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals, they were down two, they had lost the first two games to Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's playoff inexperience came back and bit them in the backside. But I believe if Milwaukee goes on and wins that series and goes on to the finals, um, Toronto makes a change with their president of basketball operations. I believe that. Yeah. I truly believe that. That, like you say, and I, I, I'm right there with you, it was all in, you know, it was all, out every all or shift. nothing. <laughs> all, yeah. It was all or nothing. And I believe if Milwaukee would have gone on to represent the East in the finals. I think that the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, Larry Tannenbaum and, and his boys, would have made a change at the head of basketball operations. Yeah, and then, you know, it's a totally different narrative than maybe Ujiri's on the hot seat and maybe he gets tossed soon. And then the whole Nick Nurse thing, I mean, he doesn't get all the credit uh, that he does for being a decent coach. We still don't know if he's a good coach, right? No, I we're going to find out this year. We'll find out pretty soon here. And, and it's just totally different. And then the franchise is still this loser franchise. And DeRozan's still gone. And it's just a, you know, it, it can just, it's it's just the razor's edge there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're right. It was so close to going the other way and just being a complete disaster. So nothing against Masai Ujiri. Seems like an okay dude, but man. He's he got, got the big cojones. He got, uh, well, I think he had nothing to lose. I think he figured he was going to get fired I think, anyway. I think, well, yeah, I think he loses his job. If it doesn't go the way it ultimately turned out. Yeah, I think he figured he had you to do lose, something. You lose DeMar DeRozan, and then you lose Kawhi Leonard because you can't re-sign him. 
So all that draft capital goes down to Texas. And uh, I believe if it doesn't end up the way that it did, I believe you'd have a new head of basketball operations for the Toronto Raptors organization. Um, National Hockey League. This Saturday, for the second time in about 10 days, the LA Kings and our favorite Calgary Floodplain Flames get together. And the big markup about it for Saturday's rematch in the Staples Center in Los Angeles, again, obviously, is the battle between Christmas buddies and... uh, (laughs) I can't even say it with a straight face. Uh, But between combatants Drew Doughty and Matthew Kachuk, they will uh, greet each other and say have have nice things to say each other when the Kings and the Flames play Saturday night in L.A. But I just want to ask you, because every media outlet that I've seen this week, anything involving hockey has been talking about this matchup coming, and it's almost superseded Flames versus Kings. It's now gotten to being pretty much being Doughty versus Kachuk. Agree or disagree? Well, that's going to draw the asses to the seats, as they say, as they used to say back in wrestling, especially. But uh, to me, this just brings down Drew Doughty. Like, to me, I think of Drew Doughty as a great defenseman and a tough guy and everything. But Matthew Kachuk is such a little shit. Like, <laughs> it, 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 is that not a mismatch? Is Drew, is Drew Doughty that much of a pussy that that's like the best he can do is take on a Matthew Kachuk? Like, <laughs> It just I makes think... him look worse. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate I hope well, it, I it's, it's neat when people watch and where there's a legit feud. I appreciate that in sports, but it's just such a weird choice. When Dowdy was here against the Floodplain Flames 10 days ago down at the Scotiabank Saddledome, I thought that was the best I had seen Drew Dowdy play probably since their last cup win in 2014. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the last couple of years have not been good for Drew Dowdy, especially at the at the level and the skill that we're watched we are used to and accustomed to seeing him play the game of hockey. But for that game, he sure played and he looked really into it. And it was fun to watch Drew Doughty play like that again. So whatever bad blood gets going when he sees number 19 in that Calgary red Jersey, but I would like to see if, if Drew Doughty would play like that every night, the LA Kings would not be battling for the last position in the Western conference. Well, I'll be like you cheering for the Kings anyway. Sure. Oh, I will, for damn sure. Um, no question. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you this. Um, oh, we, oh, first, I'm going to make this a. I'm going to make this a part of every segment of when Chris and I get together for our weekly little things. We're going to have what I'm going to call. We got to come up with something for this too. Some like bumper music or something behind it. But our James Neal update. <laughs> The latest on the greatest acquisition, <laughs> the greatest one-sided acquisition, maybe potentially in the history of the fine tradition of the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. The James Deal update for this week, and as we're broadcasting on Saturday, um, what is it, the 18th, 19th, 19th. Also, all Canadians that have the ability to do so, on Monday the 21st, please go out and cast your ballots. Please, let's let's rectify some things that desperately needed to be changed on the political landscape. Please. And if you're in Western Canada, forget the red. <laughs> just, just go conservative, please. Mm-hmm. 
We don't have a chance in Alberta without a conservative vote, folks. It's that simple. And that is, I, I know, that's just, that, but that's a plea for your help. If you have the ability, 65% of the voting capital in this great country happens to be in eastern Canada. We don't stand much of a chance if nobody goes to the, po- if nobody goes to the polls and gives us a chance. So please, anybody that is eligible and able to do so, get out to the polls in a polling station near you in Canada on Monday, Federal Election Day. James Neal update. This free plug was supported by, yeah, okay. Uh, he opened the scoring for the Oilers on Friday night in their ultimate win over the Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings. His ninth of the season to take the overall goal scoring lead in the National Hockey League. And one other side note, Milan late Milan late what the hell's his name? Milan Lucic. Why do I have such trouble with that? Lucic had his first point scored on Wednesday night when the Flames beat the Red Wings in Calgary. He got an assist. Way to go, Lucic. That's worth 17 million bucks or whatever the hell they're paying him. But uh another great start. Edmonton still undefeated, right? No, it was 7 and 1. Seven and oh, they lost. I didn't know. We, I lost to the Blackhawks, who, oh, and that's the only is that win in the Chicago? Blackhawks. Yeah, and that's the only win the Blackhawks oh. have. It's, it's a weird one. It was too bad, but uh, the uh, but that's the only loss. And Ed- Edmonton, the only team in the NHL with seven wins. Yeah, right. So seven and one can't complain. No, 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 no. Fourteen points already. Fourteen out of a possible sixteen points. That's pretty damn good. Before we get out of here on this 410th episode, um, Tiger Woods is back in the news this week, and uh, no nothing, no problems, no female, no women problems. Um, just he's back in the news. He gets back into competitive golf this week, playing in a tournament, the first sanctioned PGA tournament ever in the country of Japan. I don't know the name of the of the tournament, but he'll tee it up Thursday. Uh, but what's more important, I think, for Tiger here in the immediate future is that he makes four picks for his President's Cup team. The President's Cup uh, competition will be held in Melbourne, Australia, in the middle of December. And Tiger needs to make the four picks. Eight guys have already made it. They've already qualified, being on a point system. The top eight are already in. It's, uh, it's all the big guys. Tiger is not there. Phil is not there. Um, but my question, Tiger makes four picks for his President's Cup team in early November. The question is simply this. Should he pick himself to be a playing captain? No, no. Uh, pick the best players right now. Thank you. That, I mean, this is not hard. This is not rocket science. Um, I mean, if the, if it was, you know, sinking in a different hole, maybe he picks himself for that. But <laughs> on the golf course... Go with someone else, Tiger. You can do it. Phil Mickelson, I have to admit, Turkey Tits did the right thing. He has supposedly contacted Tiger and taken himself out of consideration for the President's Cup team for the simple fact that Turkey Tits has not played well in quite a long time. Yeah, and no truth to the rumor that he's called lefty now because he will be left off of all rosters going forward because nobody wants to play with the guy. (laughs) And he sucks. <laughs> the next roster he will be on will be the one that he'll be captaining. Mm-hmm. He'll be captaining a team sometime soon. Yes. I mean, he's got 44 career wins, five major championships. He's had a great career. But I'm I am very proud. I'm not a huge, you know, Turkey Tits fan, but at least he came out and supposedly contacted Woods and says, "Listen, I'm not playing well. Don't waste a pick on me." That was the brightest thing that he could have done. 
if if I was Tiger, I would be very thankful to a future eighth place finisher at the Viagra Seniors PGA Open <laughs> for making the call. Very courteous, much like last week when we had the guy calling farmers to let him know he wanted to bang their horses. Uh, I just appreciate the courtesy. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We've got to run on this uh, 410th episode of Unscripted. Free Forum Friday is next. We'll always look forward to that way of ending the week of our shows here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said all that, for the executive producer of our little program, Mr. Chris Fluke, uh, I am Mike Jansen. Until next time.